0: welcome to ask for more the podcast series about female entrepreneurship brought to you by the Royal Bank of Scotland. I'm Zara Janjua, and on this episode we're discussing personal branding and how to engage people with you and what you do in an emotional way. 53% of female entrepreneurs want to grow their business in the next three years so it's important to know some core elements that exist in every successful brand no matter how big or small. Today, we meet Bree Reed, founder of Inclusive Tights brand, Snag, and Liv Conlon of The Property Stagers. We hear their mission statements, find out how to define key messaging across social, PR, and marketing platforms, and we discuss business values. Finally, we look at proof and credibility, and hear some golden rules for personal branding. First up, who would have guessed a wardrobe malfunction would inspire a brainwave that led to one business turning over a profit before its first anniversary? It's absolutely unheard of. But that's precisely what happens to entrepreneur Bree Reed After founding Snag Tights, the inclusive tights website, Snag crossed the one million turnover mark. That was just after nine months of trading. But now in its second year, Snag's turnover is already at 7.5 million. I mean, this is insane. I mean, you could say, Bree that you're climbing the ladder of success, aren't you? I mean, working as a TV presenter, I've had a few clothing, clothing disasters of my own. But what was yours?
1: Oh, I had such a nightmare. I was walking down um, George Street in Edinburgh, which is a a really nice, um, nice street. And, you know, shopping, having a look at everything. And I I felt my... um, felt my kind of tights start to slip down. And you do that thing where you like shuffle them back up again and you do like a little dance and I pulled them back up and I kept pulling them back up and I kept pulling them back up. And suddenly they reached that point where I realised they were at my knees and there was no way that I was going to be able to pull them back up. Like the only thing that I was going to be able to do was actually take my shoes off, take my tights off and then put my shoes back on and continue. And I did that and I thought, you know... It's fine. Nobody seen me. You know, it's it's gonna be okay. I turned round and there was like a hundred people watching me. It's just <laughs> like, oh no, I'm, I'm gonna die. Sure. Um, and it was so excruciatingly embarrassing. But at the same time, it was one of those stories that you either like you let it eat you away inside or you tell everyone about it. And Mm -hmm. instead, I told all of my friends about it and everybody had the same kind of like weird tight story where, you know, something terrible had happened to them with tights. And suddenly I realized actually this was a big problem. You know, it wasn't wasn't just me that had these awful misfortunes. It was it was everyone.
0: Well, next, she is the 21-year-old CEO of a £1 million company. Glasgow born and raised, Liv launched her business at just 13, buying nail foils in bulk from a Chinese website and reselling them online. At 16, she founded the Property Stagers, a firm that professionally dresses homes with a proven history of increasing the sale value while reducing time spent on the market. She now runs a coaching business and even has her own podcast giving us a run for our money today. Welcome Liv. Now you left school at just 16. Why?
2: Yeah, so I left school at 16 as basically I had the grades to do whatever I wanted at university. I was very you know, blessed in that way but I knew that from a very young age that was, I just did not want to go into further education probably because I was really bad at taking direction. <laughs> My mum can certainly vouch for that um, now that she works with me. So when it came time to leave school I had already had a business at 13 and I decided at that point this was my time to go out in the world, I'm um, leave school and I was badly bullied there as well so I thought you know I hate this so much, let's go out and do something for myself. Um, and the school thought I was ruining my life when I decided that I was going to leave, they thought I should be a doctor or a lawyer but I knew deep down that it was for me.
0: Because you were doing really well, you were straight A student?
2: Yeah I was straight A's um, but my mum had invested in property previously and she had a property that sat in the market for three months and it wasn't selling so I thought let's stage it and it actually sold within three days above the asking price. So at that point I realised like might be onto something here. I went out networking once I left school and just grew the business from with absolutely no startup funds. 21 years old it's amazing to see where you are and for both of you actually
0: reading up about your backgrounds and your businesses and what you're doing now we could be here I mean we don't have enough time to run through the awards that you've all been you've both been receiving because this year has been a bumper
2: year for you both um, but tell us one of the highlights from this year so the highlight for me I am, uh, that all sounds so glamorous winning awards and it means a lot like it is a great um, award for your hard work But for me, the biggest highlight has definitely been um, I put on a charity event. And basically it was the 100 Home Christmas Makeover. And I started that because I found out that 80,000 young families were going to find themselves homeless at Christmas. So I decided let's try and create a bit more Christmas spirit and cheer. And we went into 100 homes across Glasgow and London. And we basically kitted them out with Christmas decorations. We gave them gifts. And for me, that was the most rewarding thing I could possibly do to see those people that were over the moon to receive, not even that much, but yeah, it was really, really rewarding. It's
0: lovely that you say that it's giving something back because obviously now you're doing a networking business as well and that's very
1: much about giving back and, and mentoring. And what about yourself, Brie? That's such a great story. That's like oh, an you. amazing <laughs> thing to do. I mean, we we did something not the same as that, but you know, again, trying to make a bit of a difference. So we had a, a round table where we brought together... A load of um, retailers, a load of influencers and a load of um, body positive activists. And the whole point of that was really about trying to talk to retailers about the way that they size and how inclusive they are. And we ran a survey which actually said that 80% of women have cried in a shop because they haven't been able to find clothes that fit them or the whole experience has been so overwhelmingly horrible and for us that was something we really want Mm -hmm. to change so we're trying to engage retailers and everyone together to think of a way of being more inclusive and more positive and make shopping you know less a horrible experience for for women and more something that you know brings them up rather than kind of brings them down
0: I mean, I think that's amazing because it also does tie in with your personal brand, which is what we are here to talk about. And you are an inclusive tights brand, so it's all shapes and sizes. And I think it's one of the things I read that I just, I'm gutted that I didn't come up with this (laughs) idea because it's so, in a way, so obvious. Why have tights been the same size for, you know, or
1: the same shape for as long as they have been? yeah it's a really interesting thing, and I think it's it's in two parts I think one and you know I do you like to blame the patriarchy for things, and I will do it <laughs> now um, why not but you know one of the things is they've been made by men and they've been bought by men, so you know buyers at you know marks and Spencers wherever are many other retailers apply are often men um mm-hmm. so they've been manufactured by men, they're sold by men and they don't really understand what they're looking for or, or what they should have. And the other part is we don't have a feedback loop. If you buy a pair of tights and they don't fit you, you, you don't phone M&S up and go, look, I'm really sorry, these tights didn't fit and give them any feedback. So I think, you know, these our tights have been designed by women for women and we listen to all of our customers' feedback on them. And I say women, 10% of our customers are men, and we love you as well. So, you know, <laughs>
0: Well, of course, it is an inclusive tights brand, and yeah. that's exactly what you're doing. Um, when we start to look at personal branding, one of the, the interesting ways that we can approach this is by looking at how we define personal branding. And I'm interested to know from yourself, Liv, because obviously you have three strands to your business now, essentially. So what, how would you define it?
2: Personal branding for me, when I first looked into building things within my own name and my own brand, it was a question of, well, how will this benefit my property staging business? Mm -hmm. How will it actually generate sales and uh, make me money, basically? And I embarked on the journey of actually probably, you know... Talking about my success, which I think as a Scottish person is quite a challenging thing to do. We like to sort of hide our light. Um, so when I started it, I was sort of thinking, is this really relevant? Does MD really care? But actually the power in sharing my story was unbelievable. I connected with so many people over the fact I was bullied and some of the challenges that I faced. So it's been incredible. And I would really describe personal branding as creating a lifetime of limitless income potential. And that is because no matter what you go into now, you have the opportunity to create a business in whatever industry you choose because it's actually built through your name and not through a brand name.
0: I love that you use the word connect because I think connecting is essentially what personal branding many of us know and it's how we approach customers and how they connect with us emotionally. Um, How would you define personal
1: branding? So I, I kind of disagree with the way you see it. For me, it's about authenticity mm-hmm. so you know I, I try and be as much myself as I possibly can and I know in in its own way that helps other people be themselves and I think that's a really important thing for me you know having a, a strong personal brand doesn't directly result into business success mm-hmm. and I think you still have to have really strong business ideas and business propositions and to have a good business I think it needs to exist without you and I think that's a really important thing if you have a business that is solely reliant on you you know you'll, you'll never be able to sell that business nobody else will ever be able to run it it becomes a thing which is too reliant on you mm-hmm. um, and that's something that I'm really kind of conscious of as well so for me it's about you know Firstly, being honest with yourself. And it took me a long time to get my head around that. So, you know, I talk to a lot of our customers. I have my own Instagram account that I, you know, engage with them on. I engage a lot on LinkedIn. And the first time I actually said, you know, I'm a fat CEO. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that out loud. And it was just such a, like, a shock to the system. What was the reaction from people? But but actually, you know, people were like, so positive because they were like you know actually anybody can do this you don't have to look a certain way or be a certain way and you know it makes a big it makes a big difference just being you know who you are and being able to say that and being able to admit that and not having to feel like you know you should hide and I I, weirdly I saw this morning (laughs) because I look at a lot of um, Instagram ads and there was an ad for um, a pair of slimming shorts and underneath it, the lady was like, I'm so glad I saw this this morning because I ate a burger and all my fries last night. And I really need this. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes me so sad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that that's that's people's reaction to it. And mm-hmm. people are so, you know, unhappy being themselves. Yeah. And so I, I try, even though it's hard for me and I spent a long time being Hugely unhappy with myself and not going outside, and not engaging with the world and all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I try and do it now every single day as best I can because I know that it helps other people to do it as well.
0: But I think you're right. And actually, that's what this podcast is really about, is showing people that, especially women, that we don't have to fit into that one cookie cutter, that we don't have to be one way to break into business or to grow our business. And yeah. I think it's so important to see diversity and that comes in all forms. Um, but what's interesting is you both have a different take on what personal branding is. And I actually think that's great because it's a per- personal. It's what puts yeah. the personal in personal brands. But I would be interested to know what you consider to be your USP because I think when it comes to personal branding, you want to start thinking about what it is that's making your business unique. So what, what do you think, Liv?
2: Yeah, so there's two different arms to my business. Obviously, I have the side where I stage properties, and I've got an amazing team that that help me with that. And then I also coach entrepreneurs to follow the same path I have um, and create a business and brand that they can scale and that's profitable. Mm -hmm. So for me, my USP is the fact that, I mean, one of the major recurring themes throughout my life has been people telling me that I can't do something. So when I went to leave school, they said, don't do it, you're going to ruin your life. I've had so many male figures in my life say to me that, oh, pet, how's your wee interior design business doing? I've met people in lifts that have said, don't get too big for your boots. So at so many points in my career, in my life, people have said, look, you can't do this, or I doubt you can. And for me, that's totally driven me to go on and be 10 times the person in the business that that I am. You do strike me as the kind of person... (laughs) That says, Tell me no one more time. Tell yeah. me no one I mean, more. Time. People should really use reverse psychology and say <laughs> like something else, so then I go and do the opposite. Um, so yeah, for me, like I guess my USP is that I am very fiery and I, I'm unapologetically ambitious. I and love I think that. So many women dim their light, and I don't think they should. They shouldn't. No, women are incredible, and I absolutely love being like in a room like this where it's women supporting women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're in such an amazing age where we're just going to push through um, and become extremely successful if we aren't already.
0: Well, you're certainly very distinctive yourself. I don't think I would ever forget your uniqueness. <laughs> um, but also for yourself, Bee. I mean, obviously you do something. You're in a sector, and you found a niche. But what would you? How would you describe your USP within that area
1: well so that's really interesting I think again I agree with ambition and I think that's where a lot of you know women get kind of let down or, or let themselves down in a really weird way it's you know it's not seen as a particularly feminine quality is it to be super ambitious and I think that's absolutely okay and I spent my entire life being really really ambitious um, you know I was head of marketing of a huge company by the time I was 22 I was CEO for the first time when I was 30 and you you, you know you have all of these things that you do um, but it's about being okay with that and having other people being okay with that and being powerful I think without compromising being a good person and for me that's a really key thing you know acceptance is my key value and I manage through acceptance you know you want to find people that are great and you do that and you connect with them and it's about understanding what their motivations are and how they align with your motivations and it's about running a a team and a way of working which is different and for me that's really important and it's not top down it's collaborative but you know it's not democracy (laughs) i'm still the boss um (laughs) but i think those things are are really important and and are quite me
0: I think um, kindness is one of the most, in my in my own opinion anyway, mm. is something I value the most in, in people mm. and amazing to see in business. Do you think that it has its place in business still? Is it seen as being a weakness?
1: I don't think it's seen as being a weakness. I think things are, are changing. And for me, the biggest thing that, that I found being a, a woman through my whole career is the, the lack of ability, particularly for men, older men, to believe that that you hold the power and I think that leads a lot of women to be a little bit you know a little bit mean Mm -hmm. you know or or having to be a little bit kind of too spiky and feel like we need to step up and behave like a man yeah and they have to they feel like they have to be kind of all guns blazing all the time and I don't think you you have to do that I think you can do that in a kind way and I think you can also be kind to people that are you know, less educated in it than you because, you know, those men don't mean to be doing that. That's just how they are. Mm-hmm. It's how they've been raised, you know, and you can you can teach them in a different way that, you know, we're also smart. We can make great decisions. And, you know, that's also, we have the right to be there just like they have the right to be there. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think it's managing that masculine and feminine energy. Yeah. And I think at so many points, coming from a male-dominated industry of property, you almost feel like forced into it points whereas actually... If you step back and looked at it, maybe you know, using your feminine power would actually be mm-hmm. a smarter decision. But I think it—it's almost like instinct just to go like bite back, isn't it? It's all about using what you have.
0: And actually, this was—I was so excited about coming to do this, especially speaking to you both today, because I think personal branding is becoming such a big topic. And specifically with me in my life, I do a bit of presenting, a bit of reporting, I'm a producer, director, comedy writer, and I feel like. I'm getting to the the point in my life where I'm thinking about personal branding Mm. and how on earth you encapsulate all of that in one brand. Mm. But this is the reason um, I'm here to find out from you both. So I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from you today because one of the things I wanted to mention first was um, for anyone that is out there thinking about personal branding like myself at the moment. How do you encapsulate all these things that you do into one style and how do you communicate that to people? Do you think it's really important to have a mission statement
2: or to have um, a purpose? Absolutely. I think it's incredibly important. And to touch on that, how do you actually include it all under the one brand? I personally see you as the brand, but then you have different pillars of what you do. So a pillar could be your staging business, it could be a coaching business, and it could, you know, really encapsulate everything that you do, but it all comes under your name. I love that.
1: I think that's a a really good question I'm not sure you always can I think you need to work out what is most important to you and what means the most to you and you build your personal brand just I don't like the word but yeah you, you build that kind of framework around who you really are and I think that has to be super authentic and that needs to be something you can be the rest of your life I think when You pretend to be something that you're not, that's a really easy way to get caught out. And you see that a lot with influencers, I think. There's a lot of influence I I started following, you know, two years ago, three years ago. And now I don't recognise them anymore from who they were when they were being more real around, you know, what they were saying and who they were. And instead... They've got, you know, super sculpted Instagram feeds and every picture they put out is tinted a certain shade of like <laughs> pink or like whatever. And I look at it and I go, who are you? Social media has created like, monsters. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why, why would I connect with you anymore? What is real about you now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think keeping that realness is probably the, the most important thing to keeping people engaged with you.
2: What do you have then, both of you, within your own mission statements, live? So I guess my mission statement for me personally, um, what well, my mission statement for the property stagers is, I really want to change the way that the UK sells and markets properties, and um, because it is shocking the way that the UK does that, whereas the US and Sweden are completely leading the way with how we present our properties. And that is one of my definitely one of my passions is to to change that. I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm very passionate about interior design. It's my true one love. I and for me personally, I have taken a bit more of a marketing role in that business. i and my mum gets to run all the operations of it. Lucky her. <laughs> <laughs> so I still am very involved with that. But mm-hmm. in terms of my coaching business. For me, it's really just helping people live their purpose. And that's purpose with profit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're doing a business and you have a massive purpose there um, and you can make it profitable, that's what I really want to help you.
0: I mean, we can contest to your love of interior design because you were only in here for about
2: three minutes and you started moving things around. You cannot (laughs) stop me staging a room. Mm -hmm. I'll go into a room and the whole place has changed. I change my house all the time. You might not even come home to the same sofa. Um, So, yeah, I'm a bit crazy. You'll get an invite (laughs) round
1: to my house soon, that's for sure. And how about yourself, Brie? So, for me, it's really about... um, enabling people to find self-acceptance and I think that's what we do at Snag and that's what I'm personally passionate about and I think it is a really difficult thing for people to get to but I think if we don't encourage people you get into a kind of you know a negative spiral of you know all the things that we're seeing in society now which is you know huge amounts of depression we see you know higher rates of suicide we see all Mm -hmm. things like that and if we can't interject early and let people know that it's absolutely cool for them to be exactly who they are then you know we're just going to have more and more problems in the future.
0: You're listening to Royal Bank of Scotland's Ask for More podcasts. Breaking down the barriers to women starting and running successful businesses. Presented by me Zara Janjua. Bree, I can see this theme of honesty just running through everything that, that you do. Um, I mean, part of uh, defining who you are and what you stand for is also about how you communicate that. So um, looking at social media, marketing and PR, obviously, you have to be consistent. I think everyone w- would agree when it comes to personal branding that there has to be an element of consistency there. Um, when it comes to social media, Brie. Snag is heroed as a case study on how brands should do social media when you when you search the web. How did you first start approaching social media with your business when you were thinking about your brand and what you wanted to communicate?
1: So we wanted to reflect our customers in everything we do. So, you know, all everything we share on social media are pictures we've taken of our customers or pictures they've taken of themselves. And that was really kind of key for us right from the beginning is that you know, we weren't reflecting a an ideal person or who you are if you're three stone later, lighter on your, you know, best face state and you've got a full, like, a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. It was about who you are right now and, and what people really look like, what people really wear, you know, what makes them happy every day, you know, to be a bit Marie Kondo's, like, what sparks joy in their life, right? <laughs> well, and, that's, that. and that's what we wanted to show and that's what we still show every day. And, you know, it's important for me as well to highlight when people are being brave and and taking risks and we had um one of our male customers emailed me and went you know it would I'd love to be one of your photo shoots like I'm sure you won't pick me but I just want you to know that I'd love to be there so yeah we're gonna pick you (laughs) Um, so he came to our, our last photo shoot he was phenomenal. He styled himself. He looked absolutely incredible. Um was was unbelievable. And we put the picture on social media and it went insane. Mm-hmm. And everyone was going, he looks great. I wish my boyfriend would dress like that. You know, he's such a hottie. And <laughs> he emailed me back afterwards and was just like, thank you so much for making that come true. Did he and get a date?
0: Like, Are you buying a hat? I, soon? I think
1: he got all the dates. Like, <laughs> and you can everybody. show us a picture afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> everybody loved it. Um and it's like it's it's kind of doing doing things like that and using social media to, you know, create these moments of um, real difference and joy for people that you can then share in a, in a kind of wider way.
0: And, and Liv, you are obviously all over social media and you take some of the most beautiful pictures of interior design. I feel like I need to step it up <laughs> when I look at your Instagram, especially. How did you approach that when you first started?
2: So I was one of those people that changed like their profile picture like once a year, um, and then when I learned the power of social media, because that really took us from doing you know thirty thousand pounds a year turnover to the really scaling it up to like the seven figure mark, and it was completely organic. Organic was really great on Facebook at the time, um, and I think it was just because and a business like the property stagers does not didn't exist five years ago. Um, So I basically created a seven-figure brand in an industry that was non-existent. It's massive out in the States, but no one here in the UK was doing it. So for people that are in property, which can be quite a boring game, um, to pop onto the scene and everything we do is like super bright um, and really colourful. So it just like stood out. So for me, the product sort of sold itself and the service did. Um, And then to come on it more as myself and actually put my face out there, I was terrified. I was really scared to do that first video um, and I just built confidence and now I'm on it every single day. You actually cannot tear me off it. I'm always on there. (laughs)
0: Give that girl a mic. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Give me a mic and I'll speak. Um, So for me, the biggest, most amazing part of all that was when I did share about um, my journey, my story about being bullied. I had hundreds of people reach out to me Mm -hmm. um, and say, look, I've been through the same thing or I'm going through the same thing at work. And that's when I sort of realized like the power of this is unbelievable, mm-hmm. like speaking to people uh, halfway across the world that have went through the same thing and it gives you that real sense of community. And I think that's what I've always wanted to build a community of like minded people and um, where you can really support each other.
0: Communities are really interesting word as well, because obviously um, we, you quite often ask the audience, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you put many of your business decisions out to customers
1: all of them so we consider ourselves a a co-owned brand with our customers so you know anytime we do anything we ask our customers what they want and they tell us and we also we don't do things that they they don't want so we don't do any email marketing because nobody has ever gone brie you know what i'd really like a really boring email from you every week (laughs) so we don't do that um we don't chase people around the internet with retargeting ads because again nobody said you know what i'd really like never to be able to escape ads Uh. (laughs) from heights again we don't do that We only put extra pages on the website when people go, it would be really interesting if you had a page on this or Mm -hmm. I'd like to know more about that. And again, with all of the new products that we do, the colours we do, the product names that we do, we ask our our customers about that. We actually did a a small investment round in in March and um, we asked our customers, what would you want investors to know about Snag? Mm -hmm. And when we went out for that round we actually just gave people that the Instagram link to that thread mm. and they read through what the customer said about us completely wow. honestly. Um, and again, I think that was a, a really interesting way of, of doing it.
0: But I mean, there was a situation wasn't there with them um, some product recall on Instagram. Yep. And you're just on top of this, this again, links back to honesty, it's just a thread that completely runs through
1: everything you do. What was that situation? So we had a, a very a kind of small set of products that were um, not fitting our specifications so the um the kind of waste of the tights was too too narrow and as soon as we realized this we we told everyone on facebook that and on instagram that this had happened and that we were really sorry and that we would when we got the fixed tights we would give them a pair of those and they could pick another pair in the meantime to have and we always try and make things as right as we possibly can and people are lovely when you get out there first and you know you're you're really honest about what happens because i think a lot of the time you know people get angry because they don't understand the challenges you have as a business or they don't understand how hard you're working to fix it so we always try and come out first when we've got any issues and and try to get to the customer and tell them we've mucked up before they tell us um and that's always what we try and do as much as we possibly can it sounds very fair and very kind um the way that you approach your
0: customers is obviously how you have so many of them coming back the reason why you have repeat customers
1: yeah so we hope we have 70 percent of our customers buy again which is wow. um, incredibly high It's insane um but again it's it's just we try and do absolutely everything we can to to make them have a good experience and make it right for them because we have nothing without them and you know the brand is theirs as much as it is ours now Liv when you
0: think about marketing especially in relation to your own personal brand what sort of questions were you asking yourself
2: I think when I first um you know started to post and and speak was I think the main question that goes through everyone's mind is is this relevant does anyone really even care about what I'm speaking about Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll share some things and I'll really think like afterwards oh my god I just spoke like a load of rubbish there, <laughs> um, but it's actually what's on someone's mind as well. Yeah. And I think it's that, um, I, oh my God, you're in my head sort of um, mentality there. Mm-hmm. Really discovering who your audience is, your community, asking them for what they want, and then actually sharing um, about what they want to hear. And a lot of that can even be like, how, what's your morning routine? How do you run your day? Because they want they want a little bit of behind the scenes of what it takes to run a successful business. So my biggest question was do they care and what sort of content will I put out there?
0: And how did that then lead you to decide on different marketing platforms for your business and what do you do?
2: Uh, So yeah, so we are mainly on Facebook and Instagram as well as personally on LinkedIn as well. Um, And I guess I was just looking at where we got the most engagement. So Facebook was how I built my business completely to a million pounds organically. The community on there was awesome um and for me like my age has always been something that I've been hiding and mm-hmm. um, when I first started so I'd go into a business meeting at 16 and I look 16 like I had like blonde curly hair so that's why I chopped it into a pixie cut and I was always like scared that they would find out that I was really 16 I didn't have any experience um, but actually double life but um so yeah that was a fear of mine but actually once I got a little bit of success behind me and I started to share that, you know, the honesty thing. And it really just, that's what I think really fueled it in the mm-hmm. background. People wanting to see a young person be successful and really wanting to support them on that longer journey.
0: What kind of PR then did that lead to? Because obviously these are all interlinked, the social media, the marketing, the PR. Um, what sort of messaging do you put to your, your, your customers or potential clients through
2: PR? So through PR my, my main message is don't let your age define you and don't ever dim your light for anyone. Don't let anyone else's uh limiting beliefs limit what you can achieve. And I think my story is definitely an example of that. I'm so grateful to have had like an amazing mum who's so supportive from the beginning. But as I mentioned earlier, there has been so many other people that I've really respected that have almost tried to like hit me down a few notches. So I would just say being yourself and putting yourself out there and not caring what anyone Mm -hmm. thinks. And once you actually go out with that mindset, you realise how nice people are and how supportive they are. I love that your mum's now working with you as well. Your mum and your brother. I'm the boss, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's good when you're the boss of your a mum. Fab, <laughs> fab story.
0: And how about for yourself, Brie? Um, in terms of marketing, leading into to PR, one of the things that I read that I really liked about you was that you don't constantly mail clients, do you?
1: Yes, we don't. We don't do any email. Um, we also don't do any promotions, so we never do any discounts. Um, And that's, uh, we offer our price is the lowest and the fairest price we can possibly put it out at. So we can't do a half price, we're 20% off, so we don't do it. And we explain that to our customers that... They can come and buy the product. We have a bulk discount, which is available 365 days of the year. So if you're going to buy 10 tights from us, it's cheaper for us to post them out, and we'll give you that money back. Mm-hmm. And that's the the best we can do. So I love that you got a nice wee plug in there for the business as well. <clears throat> yeah. Go yeah. on.
2: I'll be buying them in bulk. I love the sound of this company. Well, it's like winter, customer it's service. Amazing. we both yeah. came in
0: thinking we could do with some snag yeah. tights today. One of the things that you also have to do in terms of keeping that that personal brand and um, enforcing that is having some proof to prove your credibility so the next thing to talk about is how you prove credibility and you mentioned something before brie about using a lot of customer comments how did that come about
1: yeah so we we get um about 500 emails and comments every day from customers and we reply to every single one of them um, because somebody's taking the time out to talk to us so we should take the time to talk back to them And I think that's a really good marker of seeing where your business is, seeing how people think about you, you know, and you have a really good view of of where you are from that. And it helps you judge that you're doing a good job. Um, The other one for me is profit. And, you know, I don't think we should shy away as businesses from making profit and if you're doing a good job as a business then you should be increasing your turnover and you should be making profit and that's a really easy way to see if you're doing a good job and you know I don't think those things are against um, any of the rest of the values they're proof of it and if you can't make a business work and you can't make profit then you know is it the right business are you targeting the right people are you doing the right thing you know.
0: I don't think it's ever necessarily a bad thing to, to ask to back
2: up what you say put your money where your mm. mouth is how do you do that so for me I again, agree agree. I think for females, it's, it's quite hard to talk about the numbers. And I feel I spoke at an event the other day and someone said, look, if you put a photo out that you've got a nice car, is that to say that you're up yourself and you're charging too much? But it's actually a sign of success and people like to align themselves with successful people. And I think we should share our numbers. I think it's inspiring to other people to hear that as well, that it's possible and that glass ceilings for women are being smashed all the time. I get that there's
0: a fine line though, isn't there? Because I think it's something that we all become aware of on social media. Mm. Are we posting stuff because we're just bragging? Or is it that we want to create, again, a a community of people Mm. and and also to generate more work? Because Mm. both of you are using social media as platforms to get more business and your e-commerce, obviously, Bree. so of course you do. There is a definitely, definitely a fine line there, um, but I think that being here and having spoken to so many entrepreneurial women, I'm such a big believer that you have to aspire and to be around people that you can aspire to be or to become. I think it just enforces everything and it gives you that sense of belief that in the best way possible, if you can do it, maybe I can do it you know, and I think that's really, really important. Um, Now, obviously, today, we've been discussing personal branding, and we've we've touched on so many amazing points. But I wonder if you have any golden rules or top tips? I'll maybe start with yourself, Brie.
1: Oh, I think my top tips would be would start with knowing yourself. And I think that's a really tough one, actually, because being honest with yourself is quite hard. And I think if you're going to have a personal brand that you put out there, it needs to start with you really understanding who you are, otherwise I think you're gonna get a, a nasty shock down the road when something's reflected back at you that that isn't you. So I would start with doing that that work. Um and then I think it's about being authentic. I think you can't pretend to be something that you're not so you need to be prepared to share exactly what you are. And that can be tough and you know there's good things and bad things in that but I think you have to have all the shades otherwise it's it's not real and then lastly I'd say it's about doing the work in talking to people Mm -hmm. and I get lots of um, you know lots of direct messages lots of comments lots of stuff where people want to talk to me and I talk back to them because I've put myself out there I owe it to them, right? And I think that's a, a really important thing where, again, I think you see lots of people who try and push a personal brand and they won't interact with people who are trying to interact with them. And I think that's a horrible thing, really. I think you need to to really be prepared to do it. And that takes time and it takes emotional energy. And, you know, I think you have to commit to that.
0: But you get a real sense that you know who you are and that you have injected so much of that into your business and... Um, I'm just I'm not surprised to see all the success that you've been having because of that. Um now Liv, golden rules for personal branding.
2: Oh, here we go. Um so I totally agree with the the sort of one from the first one for me would be vulnerability. I love Brenny Brown. I don't know if you know her work and I find that so powerful and it's you know, the getting comfortable being vulnerable. So for me that is really looking at your story and sharing those parts that maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable sharing, but you know they're going to have the biggest impact. So the first one, get comfortable being vulnerable. And then two practical tips I would say. Two is finding your hooks as um, an entrepreneur or as a business. So for example, what I do with a lot of my coaching clients is I get them to basically share their life story with me. And then we'll go through and actually pick up on the different points that they've not thought, oh wait, that that is something that's really driven me to do something. Um, so go through your story and choose your hooks and then the third one would be getting out and doing the work and I absolutely love sharing the behind the scenes in the real life because I think once you've built a successful business people think that you sit and drink cocktails all day and it's all oh, fun you're up in your castle oh aren't yeah you? <laughs> but actually like there's proper hustle in there so mm-hmm. I think people love to see that aspect as well so just show that every day and when people are getting behind the scenes action and content, then they really get to know you on a different level. You really want people to meet you and go, I feel like I already know you.
0: You've both been on such an incredible journey and very much over about the same time as well, one to two, two years. It's just been such a pleasure speaking to you both today. I've really, really enjoyed it and I feel like I've got a sense anyway of what I need to do. When it comes to my own personal branding. Um, I mean I think if you have these fundamental building blocks in place, then you can succinctly explain what your brand does and how it adds value to the lives of its customers, whether that's an advertising campaign or during an investment pitch or even at a networking event. So thank you so much for adding to this incredible discussion today. Um, Brie Reed, it's been great having you. Thank you very much. And Liv Conlon. Well, thank you. For thanks you. so much. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Royal Bank of Scotland's Ask for More Podcasts, breaking down the barriers to women starting and running successful businesses.